Jeff, welcome to another episode. You went solo last week. Sorry. Well, yes, you went solo. I did go uh, solo. It, it, was, it was a recruiter episode. You didn't do a full. It you was. Didn't, you didn't do a full uh, solo solo episode. No. But it was great. I while you were here, I was camping on Maui, and that was fantastic. Did you camp? You didn't hotel. We, we glamped. So let me here. I'll send you the link to let me send you the link to i've uh, honestly always wondered i've never been to hawaii this is my first time i've always wondered why people don't camp more it feels like it'd be cheaper but like i don't know it was much cheaper so i just on i just sent you the link to the place where we stayed it was very nice i I was glamping like i had wi-fi so we were in like called like a tentalo but it was like we had a private shower like there's a shower and a sink attached on the toilets are like semi-communal like so there's you share a you share a single toilet with two other tents so it's like okay so that's a no for you i mean that's better than the hard pass that's better than your normal camping situations but it's right on the beach like you could rent kayaks and snorkels and stuff right there it was great uh i did it was weird, ran into some friends, hung out with some friends who are now living in Maui and may potentially have a few business opportunities coming up from there. I don't know. It was a good time. I'm not going to say the name of this place on the podcast because we have to keep it a secret, right? But it is there. If, you know, maybe for the VIPs, we'll let you know. Um, I'm looking at the cabins that are at this place and hoping I maybe get my, oh, shit. Yeah, but this is expensive. Well, man. so the cabins you have, there's six cabins, and you have to rent all six. So it's like you all six at the same time. Yes, it's like it's you're getting like okay. So is this 40. rate? Is this rate of sixteen hundred a night? That's for all six. Yes. So it's like two fifty a night for or whatever three hundred a night for what's sixteen divided by six. Um. So we need to have it's two yeah. So it's like two sixty five a night per cabin. But it's, if you, it's hard for me to say that this is like a giveaway because you're going to have to pay for it on your own, folks. But you can come with us. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. the prize. Um, I guess that means four lucky families. If you want to bring your whole family, I mean, I probably have to. It's hard for me to find a babysitter for three kids. Yeah, I would prefer not prefer to just be me and my wife and uh okay but anyway we're gonna figure this out one day and four lucky people will get to just join us on our own vacations and pay for it on your own but (laughs) we'll stay at these cabins for 250 bucks a night yep but i mean if you look at other hotels it's like stupid expensive but there is more so we also looked at like people are renting out camper vans like, you know, where they take a van and then like mod it. So they have like a queen size mattress in the back and then yeah, put like generators that. with solar panels and all that stuff. They, those are also a big thing. And we saw tons of those where people just cruising around on those and like parking on the side of the road and like Pass. sleeping. So I that have, was like, don't have anywhere to poop there. Yep. And have you seen the size of me? I don't fit into these tiny homes, these camper vans. It just isn't my thing. Yeah. So it's oh car camping. That's at this yeah, so you place can, that we will not name. Yeah. So they do there's like three sections. There's like well, I guess four. So there's like the cabins, the tent, the like canvas kind of hut thingies, which yeah. is where we stayed. And then they do have like normal tent spot where like if you just have camping gear yourself, like you want to go throw up a tent and whatever, like you can reserve a single camp a campsite and then they have like a parking lot where if you have like an RV a camper or something, you can just pull in. So I just sent you a picture of the model. I guess the model, like the dude who is, I guess, car camping on the website. And I'm pretty sure that's Ed Helms's dad. Okay. Speaking of Ed Helms, which I agree, it might be Ed Helms' dad. So a couple things. One, did you know that Ed Helms and Brian, what's his name? Bum Gardner, the guy who plays Kevin. Uh huh. Do you know that they went to high school together? Uh, I think I did know that actually. Or also, some sort of connection from long ago. Andy is certifiably the worst character and most annoying person on the office. And I would uh, no, I don't agree. Who, with who that. is worse than Andy? 
Well, if okay. you have so to, if we're, you we're have talking, to, if you have to think, no, 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 no. I'm well, I'm, I'm clarifying. So we're not talking just like, <laughs> like Packer doesn't count because he's only on like, you know, one or two episodes a right. season, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're talking show staples. Yes. Uh, Phyllis. I think <laughs> Phyllis is just like, she's no. just like a nice old lady. No, she's not a nice old lady. She's the absolute worst. Her line. Oh, what line is it? There's a couple of lines that she says that drive me bonkers. Like when she, uh, Michael Scott paper company gets bought. Pam is back. She's wearing the same outfit that Phyllis is. And then Pam looks at her. She's like, close your mouth, honey. You look like a trout. And it's Phyllis, you're not anywhere near cool enough to make that line. But the thing that really, really irritates me. Okay. So it's, uh, this has got to be like season seven or eight. And they're doing the caption contest because Gabe won't allow them to make fun of Saber, right? So they're doing the caption contest. They have the little stickies. Gabe takes away the stickies. So then they have to move everything over to email. And I can't remember who it is, whether it's Oscar or Andy, it's one of them says, Hey, I'm going to send you an email. And then everybody else is like, Oh yeah. Send it to me too. Me too. Me too. Phyllis. Phyllis says, CC. CC. Nobody has ever in the history of email just used CC as both a command and a verb at the same time. And because of that moment, Phyllis is by far the most annoying character, followed by Stanley, who is significantly more annoying than Andy. You think Stanley is more annoying than like Stanley and Phyllis? Did they just sit there? No, Stanley's right? like, Stanley shtick gets so old. Florida and, Stanley and is and funny. Andy saying, did it, did it do that shit doesn't get old <laughs> no, because at least Andy has some character development. He goes from like, it's progressively more annoying. No, 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 no. Phyllis, Actually, that's not true. When he was in Stanford, like Andy was unbearable. Oh, he was he, obnoxious and he gets better. And the thing about it, like I'll give you, Andy has his annoying moments. There's no question, but Andy has so many more redeemable moments than any of those other two. Yeah, he definitely has more redeemable moments, but his annoying moments are so annoying that no. they're like middle of the road. Like, I can't agree. I do not agree with. This. Okay, then what number in terms of un- which annoying character is Andy? Like, um, will you put him at third behind Phyllis and Stanley? Well, let's I will see. not is let you. Third? This podcast will be over if you break uh, him lower than third. I have to think about it. Hold on. You move through, okay, so you've got the sales staff. We've covered that. You've got reception. I honestly don't like Ryan. I think Ryan sucks pretty bad. I mean, he's stuck. And, and so he's... it kind of, it kind of, I guess, is your definition on annoying. I would rather, like, yes, he's more obnoxious, Andy, but I would much rather watch Andy than Ryan. Does Ryan annoy me? No, but I don't like him. So I guess I don't know what, you know, where does he fit on the scale? Like is, are you using Andy's the most annoying character, AKA I hate Andy more than anybody else on the office? Or are you using it? Andy's the most annoying character because he's the most obnoxious character on the office. He's the most obnoxious character on the office. Okay. So then, uh, then yes, I would say he's more obnoxious, annoying than Ryan, but I definitely don't like Ryan. Uh, Kelly, I would say, is more obnoxious and annoying, but I like Kelly. Yeah, so Kelly and Andy are the same character, but one is a white dude who went to Cornell, and the other is an Indian girl. Have you watched? That is the difference between Kelly and Andy. Have you watched The Mindy Project? Yes, we watched that entire show. It was really good until like that last season was bad, bad, bad. But It took me too long to figure out that uh, was named Marcus on the Mindy project that his brother yeah. was on superstore. Yeah. And, right. and uh, American auto. Have you watched American auto? I haven't yet, but I need to. So the first season just like wrapped up. That's um, what I've been waiting for. I can't it, watch shows one at a time anymore. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's not wrapped up yet. Oh, it's coming to do. Oh, there's no, it did come back. Oh, it came back last week. So I'm actually got 
three episodes to watch now. So yes, it actually did just wrap up, but they, um, so it was like 10 seasons, but it's made by Greg Schur or sorry, not, it wasn't Greg Schur is, uh, the other dude, Justin Spitzer. Um, so like, you know, the same guy from superstore, same guy from the office wrote scrubs, you know, same, very similar, uh, thing. And what is his name? The guy from superstore, um, John Barinholtz. Oh, you know, this was not our actual, intro. This was not our intro at all. Um, oh, Marcus, the guy who plays Marcus on Superstore. Yeah, Marcus. Um, yeah, he's funny. Yeah, so he he's on that show. And then uh, there's a couple other. There was a guy I did see that was on that show. We were watching something else and he popped up. It was like King of Queens or something. And one of the guys that is in American <laughs> Auto, we were, I was like, no, this is him. Um, and he was know. like, and my wife was like, no, what are you talking about? I was like, no, I swear that's him. And he ended up was Nick Offerman is on King of Queens for an episode. I think I do remember that, which is weird. Um, our real, we're going to kind of breeze through, I think our originally planned intro because this, this organically became really, really good. Uh, but we were going to talk about how Vladimir Putin has my Russian. Was that okay? Mm, it's, it's Vladimir. Actually, the accent is on the first okay. eye all right I, vladimir I, I regret asking um but you know vladimir putin there you go close enough he has figured out so he's got all these sanctions and we're not going to dig deep into the geopolitics we did that last go round. uh we could mm-hmm. certainly you have a vested interest and thank you to everybody who has purchased a shirt the russian warship shirts from us uh i think we have I can't remember. I mean, that I can give on the door of a hundred shirts. I think I can give an update on that, uh, that with the proceeds of those shirts, we were able to buy a family, uh, plane tickets from Warsaw to Luxembourg, where I was able through the means of the internet and crazy things. Um, and a random chance of them also running into someone in Luxembourg, of organizing with the bishop of the international ward in Luxembourg to house a family while they are going through the immigration process. So, so also, thank you to everybody. Thank you. Yes, your shirts made a very real difference in somebody's life. So maybe, maybe we'll try to get them, uh, get him on the show next week or, or the week after. You know, Ooh. I mean, they're kind of crazy, but they're they they do have plans now. So the U.S. Uh, just announced like temporary protection something or other i don't know kind of like asylum but you can't really work which is kind of annoying because it's like well what's good is coming to the u.s if you can't work you know whatever but canada announced that they so canada has the third most ukrainians in the world behind ukraine and russia it's like weird it's like a tenth of the can it's it's like five or ten percent of canada are ukrainians um that's really and so they announced that as long as you passed a, could pass a background check, they were giving everybody uh, two-year temporary work visas. So, Uh-oh. like, you could go, and as soon as you step off into, you know, in Canada, you can go start applying for a job and, like, try to, like, rebuild your life while – and as long as you have a background check, then it's, like, then you'll be able to go work. But, yeah, Canada, like, even in, like, Calgary and Edmonton and stuff, you can, like – you know, like they have like Spanish immersion schools and stuff or a thing. Like they have Ukrainian immersion schools and like bilingual schools in the public schools in Canada in some parts because there are so many Ukrainians. Very interesting. So anyway, thank you to all of you who donated. Uh, this story about Vladimir Putin does not directly address what's going on. Now, we have to talk about sanctions. We're not going to talk about what they are because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not smart. But there's a bunch of sanctions and a bunch of businesses are pulling out of Russia. One of them being McDonald's. Uh, our favorite Golden Arches has said they will be closing down all 860 some odd stores in Russia. But kudos to McDonald's. They will still be paying the employees of those stores for I can't remember how long. Because this article came from Raw Story, which I didn't know what that was until I opened it up. And it's like, well, this is like crazy right wing stuff. Let's just, this is interesting because 
this is kind of similar to remember like during COVID when people were like, oh, the CEO of Disney is foregoing their salary for this year, but that completely ignores that their salary is usually pretty low because everything is performance-based and it's all in stock options and bonus because it's like whatever. So it's like they're passing up like they're taking like a 5% pay cut or whatever. Yeah. So McDonald's is like, what are they? I doubt they're going to peg their salary to the dollar and continue to pay them. It's just literally the ruble is worth less than a penny. Now. That's, that's a good, so that's like, Oh yeah, we'll that, pay them five bucks a month. That's <laughs> a good point, but they're paying something and they don't have to. Anyway, Putin has figured out a way to get McDonald's back in his country. And I know raw story, weird right wing it's like it's like what 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 are some of those uh like the it's something with an edge i can't remember anyway the story isn't about the right wing politics the story is about that putin is going to just make all of the trademarks and the ip copyrights in russia null and void so he's gonna just allow somebody else to slap some golden arches on their building and say we're mcdonald's I did see somebody ask like why you become like an oligarch and why it's not just like a rich person like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or whatever. Uh, this is how, right? Like it's somebody who's in charge says, no, I'm just going to give you, let you do this. Okay. That's fine. And that's it. Yep. Like it's all these like Russian oil tycoons or whatever. It's all because everything was owned by the Soviet union. And so when they like capitalized it, it's yeah. like who did they didn't do like they didn't do a Kickstarter to say right. hey, everybody gets to do this. It was a few people who were in charge or new people in charge said, okay, well, we're gonna sell it to you for pennies on the dollar. And oh, look, now you own this billion dollar company that you bought for a hundred bucks. So they talk about this actually. Have you watched uh Inventing Anna yet on Netflix? Uh yes. I so they talk about I fell asleep. I need to rewatch it. It was late. they talk about it. She's got a, a really weird Russian, German, American accent. Yes, because it's the chick from Ozark. Yes, it's she's from Ozark, and she's done a lot of different things, but this accent is really accentuated throughout her life as Anna Delphi. How did I do? I think I did really well. And anyway, it, it, they talk about how Russian oligarchs came to be. So, and I don't know how factual this is, but the USSR fell and so did all of the infrastructure right and so did all of the stuff that was there and people just said well this is mine now and then when russia came to be all of these like thugs who had like taken over the country after the ussr fell owned all the stuff owned in air quotes and they sold it and became oligarchs because they didn't really like do anything to get their wealth. They were just opportunists. So good for them. Kind of like Sooners, right? Like they were the Oklahoma Sooners that just like, okay, everybody, we can settle this land. And you'd run out and you'd lay claim to the land. And then, you know, however many hundred years later, that land was actually worth something, but you didn't do anything. You just happened to put your stick in the ground and say, this is mine. And you could shoot off anybody who's tried to say otherwise. It's kind of like an oligarch. That was really supposed to be our intro, but uh, this really got away from us today. It did get away from us. And that's, you know, we're just, we are in peak off season form. I did have in my notes though, to bring up that one time in the beautiful city of Poltava, Ukraine, in my last area, uh, I witnessed a wedding reception happen at a McDonald's. It was like after a district meeting, we're like, oh, let's go eat. There's like a McDonald's around the corner from the chapel. We walk around the corner. We go in and there's also a candy factory next to the chapel. So or like a block away. So just the whole, that whole part of town smelled like butter and sugar. That's nice. fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and they, we go in and we're sitting in there and thing. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like the bride and the groom come in. And then it's like the bride's dad or somebody is like sitting by the register and there's like 40 people going and ordering all their food. And then he's sitting there waiting to pay for it. And they straight up just had their, uh, had their wedding reception. They call it uh, the Mac Dak is what they, is like the nickname for Mickey D's. It's Mac Dak. Interesting. So there you go. We learned something new every day. Every day. So (laughs) we do have an agenda. 
um, and yeah. Selection Sunday is coming up. So what do you, you know, Robbie McCombs is out here trying to get our hopes up. He's yeah, tracking Rob, the bubble. Robbie, my guy, you got to stop. You have to stop. It's I love you. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not. BYU is firmly out of the tournament. Firmly. And like firmly, like Cialysis firmly out of the tournament. They are not going to make it no matter who loses. Because here's the thing. Uh, today was, you know, seemingly a good day for BYU on the bubble. There were a couple of bubble teams who lost either yesterday or today. Teams like uh, like Wake Forest lost. There's a couple of others. But there are teams just behind BYU on the bubble that are are beating these teams. And they are, are, are catapulting ahead of BYU. So even though a couple of bubble teams lost today, conventional wisdom says, oh, BYU will climb up. Joe Lenardi has moved BYU even further away from the tournament because of schools now like Oklahoma that are getting weird random wins are moving ahead of BYU after previously being behind them. It's not the college football rankings, right? Where like losses ahead of you almost guarantee, like you you don't get jumped very often. Right. This is different. It's not going to happen. Get comfortable with the NIT and more importantly, get comfortable with the best week of gambling of the year. March Madness is elite gambling week. I have taken time off of work. I will be taking my new Jeep and I will be paying, you know, $5 a gallon or whatever it's going to be. And I am driving my Jeep to Mesquite. Why Mesquite and not Wendover? Because I'm going to stay the weekend in Mesquite and I can gamble by night, place bets on all the games. And then I could go and drive the trails of St. George and Zions. There's this place called little Finland. If you've never heard of little Finland, I hadn't either. I've never been there, but little Finland is just outside of Mesquite and it looks pretty dope. So I'm going to go there. There's also the Mormon Mesa outside of little Finland, outside of Mesquite. Kind of That's in the Moapa Valley. The Mormon Mesa is in Arizona. It's, it's the all second... right. It's, <laughs> it's all right there together. Yeah. And so, no, but not that Mormon Mesa. I got it. It took me a second. But anyway, so all of these things, I can do that in the Jeep by day. And I could gamble by night. And I'm going to make this the best NCAA tournament that I've ever had. Except for BYU is not in it. But that's my goal. So everybody. In order to ease your pain on Selection Sunday, because BYU is not going to get called, you can gamble. Gambling always helps. I think that's probably in some sort of like public awareness campaign somewhere that gambling is always good. Yeah, there's I'm, I'm trying to think. So this is the first year I'll have to look. So they legalize gambling in, in Arizona. Okay. So there's a couple of the casinos have put in sports books and things like I may have to roll through and see because watching the opening weekend of the tournament in a book is fantastic. It's yeah. like watching the opening weekend of college football, right? I like, made friends last year with, and I think we probably talked about it on the show, but this, this young man, he was very drunk and we were at this tiny little sports book in uh, one of the mesquite casinos and i i loved this man we loved each other like we had bet accidentally we found out that we had bet on like three or four of the same games at the same time oh and when some of the shots went in for that late you know last second cover and i remember embracing this man in my arms because we were both so happy like i won like a hundred bucks it wasn't like i won some life-changing amount but in the moment of March madness. When you're there with your fellow degenerates, it feels so different. It feels like that. What you just described. It's like the uh, clip from parks and rec where Ron is like, he's my best friend I ever had. We still never talk sometimes. Like you don't know that man's name. That is a special moment that can never be taken from you. And I would be willing to bet he's going to be there this weekend. I sure hope so. Like maybe this needs to be like, you know, that, 
the thing that every Thanksgiving now of like where the lady like texted the wrong kid and then he was uh, like, yeah. well, can I come yeah, by Thanksgiving yeah. get a plate anyway? And she's like, sure, that's what grandmas do. And now they've done it like six years in a row. I need the tournament in Mesquite. I need you and this guy, that to be okay. your friendship. I'm in, I'm there. Um, have you heard of the butt political spectrum? No. Neither had I until like a half hour ago. So we're learning of this together. The only thing I know that you don't is I know where to find it. So I am looking at the screen. I'll send it to you now. This I had titled on our agenda as a special Jeff segment. And I'm now sending Garrett the link to the butt political spectrum. Okay. And this uses butts to define where you are. And it kind of, I think, is satire, but I really don't know. I, I don't know how I stumbled upon this. I was on a Reddit forum today, and that Reddit forum asked a question of, uh, no, the headline was, from anal teeth to, I can't remember what else, from anal teeth to, like, butt breath, or I can't remember uh, from deadly farts, that's what it was. From deadly farts to anal teeth, the wild world of invertebrate butts. So obviously, what, what that piqued my attention, right? You know. So here we are, the butt political spectrum. You are a butt pedant if a butt fits all four of these criteria. Dude, it, this is this is way too long. There's like sixteen of these. We're gonna read just a couple. <laughs> if, if it has a hole. If it's in the rear, if it's round, and it expels uh, waste. That's like a regular person. But did you know that like, you could be a butt chaotic where it's round, but it has a hole on the top? It's spiky. It's ouchy. You don't touch it. That is like a sea urchin. Their butt is at the top. Did you know that? Well, it actually says the entire urchin is a butt. The and entire so, urchin is a butt. Did do, you know that? I didn't know. I don't want to. I want to unknow this. Okay. Uh, you could be a butt normie, like a bird, if you but your butt has a hole, is in the rear, and it expels waste, but it is not round. Also, their butts are used for peeing and mating. The but. world of butts that I did not know existed. I had no idea there was this kind of diversity within the butt spectrum. Yeah, apparently. Um, back to basketball, though. Oh. Quick pivot. So remember, we had our degenerate pool during football season that oh, Mike yeah. Polson dominated everyone. So I looked at the. I'm looking at the same website right now, and we may have to do like ten different games for the tournament with on the discord so they have a normal like pick your bracket whatever you know everyone knows having a pool so they do the uh they have a survivor game where you pick one team every day that's going like to win it. and I if like they it. win then you advance and so you can do different things like you can do one team or two teams you can say you can only pick a team one time you can do like a backup kit um you can do against the spread or straight up whatever so you can do those survivors you can do tourney squares, like a Super Bowl squares, but for it, it, you pick your thing and then it's good for all 63 games of the tournament. And so whoever, it's like however many uh, just points you get every time a square hits, whatever. Yeah, I, think, I think we try it. Um, there's the just the standard straight up a sports book where just like another degenerate pool where you can pick against the spread over unders money lines, parlays, teasers, and do just run through the tournament gambling Don't bet teasers. Did I mean, if you're betting teasers, you're <laughs> soft. If you're betting teasers, you're soft and you're getting fleeced by the house. Like it's the teasers are not worth it ever. Don't bet teasers. Um, there's tourney takeover. So this one says each of the 64 teams get randomly assigned to a different number. If your team covers the spread and wins a game, then you advance to the next round with that team. If your team loses the game but covers the spread, then you take over the winning team and advance. If your team doesn't cover the spread, then you are eliminated. 
I like know. I like all of these things. So I don't know how do you advance. Oh, if you advance, then oh, so it's probably random six four inches needed one player. So I don't. This is because I don't get if your team loses but covers, then you take over the winning team in advance. So I guess oh, so it's basically like picking the tournament, but you either have to win or lose and cover counts as a win so it's like instead of getting knocked out in the first round you technically made it to the round of 32 and it counts as a win i'm mostly upset that you pivoted so quickly off of the butt conversation No, this is much more important (laughs) Um, Uh, i i have a a buy or sell for you right oh i got okay but hold on i got there's three more games that they have my word like i'm we're gonna go full degenerate here so they have another one that they call calcutta madness and this is you bid on each team in a live auction. So everyone starts with a budget and then you bid on which team you want to take. It's like your ride or die in a live auction, like eBay. I spot. like it. Yeah. Um, there's what they call seat eight, uh, which is the number of it's you make your picks before the tournament begins of how things will go. And as they advance, it's how, whatever seed they are that's how many points you get for every game that they win. I've heard of this before. So 16 C gets you 16. Or I've one played that. That's fun. And then the confidence six teams is, oh wait. And so that one, oh, the seed eight, you pick eight teams based on their seed value. And then like um, you pick eight teams to like go through and whatever. And then the confidence 16 is you pick 16 teams, you rank them from 16 to one. And then it's still the same thing. It's like, whatever you pick is your 16, then we're going to have to look into this more because but there's some of these that we need to play. There's some that we need to play, but officefootballpool.com, if you are trying to find something for your office and want to be a complete degenerate, you have plenty of options. None of this, oh, let me go on ESPN and then I'm going to make another bracket on Fox and another one on CBS. Yeah, and then I'm going to make then I'm going to make six brackets and put them in 15 different pools and then that way I can brag about winning one because I ended up be- making another one that I was the only person in, so I won it. Don't be soft. No. Garrett, get- buy, buy or sell. There's nobody in America. This is, I've been laughing as you've been talking. Ben Anderson at Ben's Hoops just tweeted this buy or sell. There's nobody in America worse at their jobs than college basketball officials. 100%. I'm buying that. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? Like, think of any other profession that gets something wrong as routinely as college basketball officials. I can't think of one. The only one that maybe orthodontists. And here's why I say orthodontists because nobody knows when they screw up. They tell you, oh, your braces, yeah, you're probably four to six more weeks. We can take those guys off. And then you get there in four to six weeks and they're like, ah, it just didn't move quite like we thought. So another four to six weeks should be good to go. You have no idea. Maybe they moved your teeth in the total wrong direction. And then they just said, oh, well, four to six more weeks. We'll put some rubber bands on them. That ought to do it. I don't think orthodontists really have any idea. Uh, like I'm sure orthodontists do more than braces. Do they do more than braces? I don't think they really do. I don't know. I mean, a lot of dentists, like they'll do other stuff too. You know, they may do everything or, you know, yeah. But usually, they, usually they're just doing braces because it's, the braces are big money. Like it's minimal right. work and you're and, locking and them up. And you it's, don't have to get it right. It's true. It's like, because oh. who am I to say like, uh, no, doctor, F you, you definitely got my teeth wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. So I think orthodontists are guessing most of the time. But college basketball officials are still worse than them. Yeah. I College basketball officials are absolutely 100% not even close the worst. And it's like I it is getting progressively else. worse by the year. Yeah, it is. Like any other job, right? Like if you are working at the mall in an entry-level job and you screw up, you just get fired. But like a college basketball official gets to be wrong again and again and again and again, and they don't get let go. They just keep getting different jobs. Well, and they don't grade them the same way, you know, like like in baseball, right? right. Which happy, happy baseball coming back day. Uh, yeah, uh, unless Freddie Freeman goes somewhere else, then lock it back down again. Please. <laughs> the, um, which oh, we could talk about that a little bit, but it's like in baseball, right? It's you'll have an ump that is like, 
bad or they make a bad call or whatever, but they still release the reports and right. it's like, oh, their strike zone was 98.9% accurate. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, there are a couple bad calls, but whatever, you know, but they don't do that in college. And there are some terrible, 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 terrible calls. Like, did you see that one get missed in the ACC tournament? Or the sir, uh, the Syracuse player just straight up punched a guy in the yeah. stomach right in front there's, of the ref. Don't do anything. There's so many. Um, we do have some football news. I mean, spring ball is going on right now as we speak, which is great. Um, I will say that more than most years, it's pretty quiet. It's been pretty locked down in terms of what information is out there. I feel like Kalani is going further and further wit with every year. His answers are getting more and more vague. He is dodging more and more questions by just like, hey, what's going on specifically with player A? And he just talks until like you're done listening. And then after you kind of just realize that answer never actually happened. I feel like that's what's happening. And I am also noticing, and this is a Kyle Whittingham special, um, in most of the interviews where Kalani is, the players, some of the assistant coaches, they go off to the side of the IPF. They make sure that you're getting decent audio. I mean, it's still the IPF, but it's decent audio. Kalani's setting up shop like right by the sound equipment, right by the guy who's ratcheting up the cherry picker to fix the lights on the roof. So you can't even hear him he can't hear anything he's saying he is getting much more like Whittingham so there's not a ton of information about spring ball but spring ball is out there we've heard that the offense is very good very very good uh we've heard that the defense is not as good but it's going to be really hard to tell if the defense is not good if they're progressing or if the offense is just really really good and we're not going to know and that's Kind of well, one just the defense wasn't very good last year, and the offense was good, and you the offenses you expect them to take a big step forward, and the my the thing with the defense is well, one I saw somebody say that you know if Logan Fano is doing as good as being reported, then we need to be running an even front the majority of the time, which newsflash, uh, we do. So still back to the whole drop eight thing. Like we do. So I don't know, go back and watch the games yourself and tally it up. We need to do better at it. Like I, you know, it's complain about the right things, people, right? Like complain well, about it, the right stuff, but the defense it, is just, going to take a step forward because literally everybody is back. Right? I, I like have it is 100% of the returning production. Nobody I have more. I have more complaints with you complain about the right thing, but like, don't just complain. Don't use words that you hear that you are just going to start using now. I, like even front has become like the talk of the town. But like up until really, I think last year, most people just said, oh, we're not playing a 4-3 or a 3-4. Like I get right. it. It's an even front, an odd front. But what happened in BYU world that all of a sudden we all started saying even fronts and odd fronts? This uh, is all Ben Criddle's fault. Uh, and maybe it, it is. It's, but do you he remember? probably said it once on his show, and a bunch of people <laughs> were listening like, oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember the year that Jordan Johnson went down in camp? Yes. So he tore his ACL in camp, and then all of a sudden, everybody in their dog, I had never even heard the phrase boundary corner, but everybody in their and, dog was talking about boundary corner versus field corner. And I was like, look, random person on Cougar board, I promise you that you had never said boundary corner until you heard about Jordan Johnson's injury. Yeah, 100%. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing of like, we saw it with, again, back to the coastal game two years ago. It's of the time of possession. Nobody cared about that. Nobody thought about it. It wasn't a thing until somebody brought it up when complaining about being one yard shy of a perfect season. And then, you know, it, it was suddenly that was everything, which is the time of possession. The time of the defense couldn't get off the field. So it's the time of, they shortened the game, but no one can expand. It's just like, 
it gets parroted, but then no one can actually like, you know, soup to nuts, tell you why that matters or what difference does it make or whatever. It's just, I can't tell you why the phrase soup to nuts is a phrase. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but you mentioned Logan Fano. Logan Fano is a starter. And I have a rant about this. Uh, the coaches are singing the praises of Logan Fano. You've heard Elisa Tuiaki and his pressers. Uh, you've heard what media insight has been there. There's not very much visibility, but Logan Fano has stood out. Logan Fano is doing very, very well. Why is anybody surprised that the four-star defensive end who is healthy is doing better than the walk-on who still is learning the position? This is not to say that all four stars are going to be incredible, but like the expectation should be that if you are a four star more often than not, you're going to be able to contribute right away. But when I am listening to the coaches and some of the the people around the program talk about Logan Fano, like they're surprised. Oh my gosh. It's irritating. Like you're surprised that Logan Fano who everybody wanted could have gone to a number of different schools is outperforming uh, a walk-on in Fisher Jackson that had to learn how to play the position, had to gain weight, and is a walk-on. Why is this surprising to people? It's not rocket science. Like, guys, the the more talent you get, the more likely it is that they're going to play. And imagine, just imagine with me, if you will, that Logan Fano was stacked up with like two or three other four-star guys. Like it just feels like so bananas that we have to explain this. It's just so wild to me. Anyway, that's my rant. Like, of course, Logan Fano was playing when Raider Damuni is playing or when he gets home from his mission next year, uh, depending on when he gets home, if it's not next year, then it will be the year after, but his first year that he's going to be like in shape. Yeah. I am fully expecting. Raider Davuni to, to play Puka Nakua transferred into the program and everybody expected him to be wide receiver one over guys like that were established Dax Mill that went to the NFL Gunnar Romney who was a four-star guy himself everybody expected Puka Nakua to be wide receiver one and he was shocker we are all expecting Kingsley Suamataia to start whether it be a left or right tackle ahead of last year's returning right tackle, Harris Lachance, and Campbell Barrington, who was a freshman All-American. Why? Because he's freaking talented. Why on earth is it this, like, mind-bending equation that, hey, you get more talented players, they're going to play? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not hard and not complicated, so I don't. I don't know. I just don't get it. Right. I don't like I, it. I don't know. I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. There's it, it just nothing. I don't, the shock should, it should not shock anybody. Right. And, but somehow for some reason, you know, we're here and it, people is like, bizarre. Oh, and it's, yeah, it's, it is something that I shouldn't shock the staff. I mean, this is what we've talked about, right? There's a reason that people, everybody wanted Logan Fano. Because so, he's good. Yeah. It just is upsetting. Uh, there has been some other recruiting news. I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to rattle off the news and then I'll allow you to opine. I'm just, okay. I'm just going like, I am like ESPN.com and you get the little headlines at the top right corner. That's what I'm doing right here. You can decide what you want to double click on, which speaking of that um, in Argentina, I've been working with a lot of Argentinian developers. Apparently there is a phrase that if I say, I want to expound on that, or I want to dig deeper into that, they say, well, let's just double click on that. Which I thought like, it took me a second of hearing it two or three times to be like, what in the world are they saying? They actually say it like, oh, if you have to get more details on a requirement, they have said, well, Jeff, can you double click on that? And I click my belly button twice and we dig a little deeper. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is kind of cool. Anyway, here's the headlines. Stanley Ross, three-star defensive lineman, Skyridge, Utah, son of John Ross, has committed to the program. Uh, Nason Coleman, tight end out of Chandler High School in Arizona, has committed to BYU. He will be a preferred walk-on. He had offers from a lot of schools, like a ton, and then had a really, really gnarly knee injury and then followed up that gnarly torn ACL with a torn meniscus. And then when he finally came back after all of that knee surgery and two years removed from football, he played in 11 games for Chandler this year, had like 700 and something yards, bunch of touchdowns he could play. He's good. He can ball. If he was healthy, he would have not a shortage of offers. Very good. People, he, he decommitted from Princeton. And I think when people saw that he committed to Princeton, everybody assumed he was not as good as maybe we all thought he would be. Uh, no, he's just a super genius. He committed to Princeton because it's Princeton. And he figured if I can't go to BYU where he wanted to go, then why wouldn't I go to the Ivy League and secure my future one way or the other, whether football pans out or not? So, Because yeah, he's got, I mean, he has offers, I mean, from half the Yale, Dartmouth, Princeton, UPenn. Yeah, he was very serious about the Ivy League the whole time. He also has offers from like, Arizona State, Arizona, I think Utah offered at one point, Arkansas, like there was a bunch. Like he's for real. Uh, Jaden Rashada, we didn't have our show last week while you were gallivanting around Hawaii. Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback, visited BYU with his brothers, Roman Rashada and Harlan Rashada. Roman is a three-star uh, defensive back who we talked about a little bit before signing day. But ultimately, he did not come, come to BYU, uh, but he didn't sign anywhere else. So he took his official visit with Jaden on an unofficial visit and with Harlan on an unofficial visit, his three-star linebacker brother. They all visited BYU last week. Supposedly, it went really well. I would be shocked if BYU does not get Roman Rashada. I don't know if they will take Harlan Rashada, but if they do take Harlan Rashada, and they get Roman Rashada, and yes, I'm saying first and last name every time because it's fun, that I would think we're in a pretty good spot to see Jaden Rashada eventually commit to BYU. I mean, yeah. that's Because what Harlan, he's the one that's coming out of a Juco, right? They're, the Roman and Harlan are both Juco guys. They're both Juco guys. Oh, that's, that's right. Um, okay. I, for some reason, I was thinking that Roman – was like a year younger or you know, that, it was like is. three years in a row. I think he is a year younger. I, I think, what am I trying to say? I think he's a year younger. I think he has one additional year of eligibility, but they're both technically they're, juniors, but because of the weird COVID stuff, I it. think that's the case. Got it. I mean, um, and then one Jayden, more before we double Jaden Rashada. I mean, would be here. here's the thing is Jaden Rashada good enough yes that taking harlan to get Jaden, yes is worth it because i agree yes yes i don't even think twice yes i mean what he's like one of the top five quarterbacks in the country he's yeah, like a top yes. 30 40 player he's a legit five-star guy there's only 35 star dudes and yeah. like four of them it's like um arch manning this is off the top of my head so if you've got this pulled up but uh, uh, okay let's see let's arch see how manning. in tune you are okay with this Arch Manning is QB one in the class of 2023. Yep. Uh, Nico Yamaleava is quarterback number two. Uh, are we going 24 composite or the 24 seven rank? 24 seven. I don't care about composite. Okay. So still wrong, but continue. Oh, well, who was I wrong with? Malachi Nelson is number two. No, he is not. Yes, that he must is. have just changed. Yeah, it was. He is. They are both ranked in 98, but Nelson is national number. So Arch Manning is number one overall in the country, number one QB. And then Malachi Nelson is number two, number two. Uh, Nico Yamaleava is three and three. And then you got. Uh, yeah, so then keep going. And then Let's, you've got Don, well, now I pulled it up because I didn't believe you. Yeah, now Dante and, Moore and Jaden. Then you Rashad. got Dante Moore and Jaden Rashad. So, he, yeah, he's nat nationally the 29th best player in the country in a top five quarterback. He would be, I mean, let's see, on 24 7. He'd be the highest, I, I think, the highest 
in BYU history. Yeah, you know, he would definitely be the highest overall like composite. Um, yeah, and uh, well, the, he, the kids for real, man. The, I the mean, wherever is, he fits, the kids for real. So, but let's, I mean, shoot it straight here. The legitimately, no. What are the chances? Like, if you're Slim. saying so, okay, so that's not, what that's all people care about, right? It's like, true. No, he, he's not a member of the church. Um, and he doesn't really have any tie to the program other than his brother is being recruited. So, like, the, the odds are slim. Having said that, and I don't want to, like, make people feel hopeful when it isn't merited. So don't, like, take this having said that. It's like, oh, Jeff's about to tell us something cool. It's not that. But having said that, if there is any double minority kid with absolutely zero ties to the program that would come to BYU, it's Jaden Rashada. Their story is incredible. Well, can you, you want to share that story for those who are not, who haven't been following this or whatever? Cause I don't, we do have a lot of listeners who don't follow recruiting very much. And also those who were in Hawaii last week and didn't really get to pay attention. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> he was homeless. They were homeless. I, I, I did hear that. Uh, not that long ago. Oh, I didn't realize it was not that a, long a ago. I thought it was ago. like, you know, when they were younger, younger. It was like when Roman was still in high school, like early. So, I mean, we're not talking like yesterday, but like not like 20 years ago. We're talking, you know, five or six years ago. Uh, they found God and they believe that God has has brought them to where they are now. God has provided them the opportunities that they have. Their faith to God is incredible. All of the, like the whole family shares this faith in God, which is just absolutely unbelievable to listen to. And if Roman comes and Harlan comes, they have said, look, if we're all going to play together, BYU is the place we're going to do it. BYU is the place that we all fit the best, like collectively. And I know you hear that and it's like, well, okay, yeah, of course, because the other two maybe weren't good enough. Roman tripped to Oregon. Roman had an offer from Washington. Like Roman's no slouch. Like, and if he went offer hunting, he could get a lot more offers from a lot of different schools. If he picks BYU, the Cougars are they're in it. It's incredibly slim, but they're in it. But Jaden's also already released a top ten. It's mostly like the traditional powerhouse schools that you think of. So like it's not likely. Don't you know? Don't don't expect this to happen. But right. if it's going to happen with a story like this, Jaden Rashad is the kind of guy that it would happen to. So you're saying that Jaden Rashad is more likely than Cormani McLean? Uh yeah, much yeah, more likely. The more. um, and this is something that I think kind of is important. Also, that you know when they. I do not think without Jaron Hall being the starting quarterback at BYU, I don't think Jaden Rashada probably says that at all, right? Because uh, there is, good. there is the thing. And so this was something, um, you know, that I, Brian Logan mentioned last year was that it's like when QB one, like, I mean, there, okay, there is the understandable stigma, right. About being mm-hmm. black, especially as a non LDS athlete in Provo, the, and Brian Logan mentioned this last year that he's like, it doesn't like it doesn't matter what it is if it's QB one. Like if, if QB one is black, then it's like, okay, whatever, it's fine. Like it doesn't like, you know, you can because there's the traditional, yeah. I mean, historically, because people were racist, like people thought that like black players were too dumb to be good quarterbacks. And so they put them at every other position, didn't do that. Like they didn't play quarterback. And they or also the game plus the game being different of like where you wanted a big pocket passer and usually you know faster players whatever just like for various reasons and many of them unfair you didn't see that and so it was it's always been like the okay well if you have you know so seeing it there it's like okay well if they have a black quarterback they're fine it doesn't matter like everything else it's like i don't care like if they're good with that then it's like everything else is you know circumstantial whatever and so uh i Definitely. It is exciting. I mean, it's, it, it is one of those things, right. Where it feels kind of similar of, okay, yes, he has, they say they want to be a family, whatever. And it's, you know, Cormani McLean came out three months ago and said he had a great time and he wanted to be close to his uncle. You know, it's push come to shove come signing day. 
things are very different and it's you, yes, you, it's great to be with your family, but push come to shove. You've you got to look out for your own too. And, and there's plenty of schools where you can go succeed. <laughs> I got a problem. What's your problem? Buzzfeed. Just, Buzzfeed. I, I think that's just the end of the sentence. Buzzfeed is a problem. <laughs> Buzzfeed. I just saw this. I think it's old, but it just showed up on my timeline. 37 cartoon characters who made a bunch of women realize they were not straight. Okay. Well, as a straight man, and this is for the guy that got mad about us talking about the green M&M. I don't know who you are, but that guy, you can still go pound sand. We're going to talk about these cartoon characters. (laughs) Okay. This is a good wrap up. So, this is about you know women who are seeing these female cartoon characters and realizing that they're lesbians. Uh, well, we're not women, but we're all, we are straight. So theoretically, right? Like these women should be attractive to us too. I feel like BuzzFeed just picked females and just threw them all out on a list. Number one, there's 37 of these, but we're gonna go quick. Number one, Rose from American Dragon. Do you even know who that is? Nope, me neither. Moving on. Uh, number two, Dallas Grimes from Beavis and Butthead. I didn't know either. Nope. Jane from Daria. I'm looking at a picture of her. No. Uh, Captain Amelia from Treasure Planet. No. Who's watching these shows? Tigress from Kung Fu Panda. Okay, this isn't even a real list. No, we're going to keep going. Uh, Nas from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. We're going to get to some of the ones. I'm going to skip over the ones that are obviously we don't know who they are. Daphne from Scooby-Doo. That's the red hair one. I'm saying okay. no. I've never looked at Daphne and been like, oh, that's an attractive cartoon. I've never looked at a cartoon character. Period. Yes, you have. Every We're going to get to her later in the list, but I know you have. Okay. Uh, Shigo from Kim Possible. No. Don't know. No, we're skipping. Jasmine. Okay. Everybody thought Jasmine was hot. <laughs> this is true. Okay. Everybody. I'll take it back when that's I was the, seven. That's the first one on this list. So she was number 10. We skipped a couple. That's the first one that like, yeah, okay. You got an attractive cartoon. Now we're back into this lady. I don't even know who this is. Uh, Dr. Doctor. She's blue. So we're skipping over a bunch, skipping over a bunch. Elsa. I mean, she's like pretty, right? She's the queen. Uh, I could freeze your junk off. I could get into Elsa. Elsa's good looking. Okay. Uh, Okay. We're skipping more. Princess Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. The answer is no. People want me to say yes to this. Princess Aurora always gets mentioned as one of the most beautiful cartoons. No, she's not. I don't get it. No. Yeah, it's not. Uh, This one just straight up upset me. Margot from Despicable Me. That is a child. And she plays a child. Margot in Despicable Me, she's the oldest child, but she's, yeah, she's only like, like ten. eight. Yeah. So come on. So this, this is a pedo list. Yeah. Like freaking get the chomos out of here. Here's the one that I knew you were a liar. Meg from Hercules. Okay. I forgot about Meg. Everybody. Yeah, everybody was down Everybody. Everybody. Odette from the Swan Princess. No, it looks a lot like Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. That's a that's a pass. Uh, we got to keep going because I've never heard of these shows. Lola Bunny from Space Jam. And yes, you did. I know she's a cartoon rabbit, but when she oh she was a hussy of oh, a cartoon rabbit. When she does that doll, nobody calls me doll. Everybody. Every, I don't know, how old was I at Space Jam? Every nine-year-old boy was like, oh, damn, Lola Bunny. Dude, it's just because she wore the crop top, and that was the most skin you'd ever seen in your life. And she had that raspy voice. I was into Lola. Uh, Mulan. She plays a man the whole time. That's a pass. I mean, that kind of checks out with the list. So, right. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, This one, if you aren't a little bit weird, you're going to say this is gross, but also it's true. Nala from Lion King. Nala, like Simba's wife, yeah. Nala? Yeah, I know. She's a lion, but yes. The uh, Nala is, if there were ever to be an attractive lion, it is Nala. 
I mean, she looks like the other lions. No, know. no, no, no. She looks different. Uh, we're going to keep going because the list specifically calls this one out. And the I don't get it. Carmen San Diego. From where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And if you would have told me that this was the Iron Giant in a red hat, I would have thought that you were telling me the truth. Carmen San Diego is in no world attractive. I didn't even know that was a show. Oh man. Wasn't it like a wasn't it like a trivia game or something? It, like you it, had to it, it was, but it was based off of the cartoon. Okay. And then the last one, <laughs> the last one on this list is Molly from Arthur. So dude, also another also kid. another another rabbit. But she doesn't even have eyes. So I don't know. Where <laughs> no, there's, did you know Arthur ended like two weeks ago after 25 I years? I did. I and did they, they did like a the last like five minutes of the show is like a jump forward in the future where you could see everything that happened oh. with their lives after they grew up. And it is spoiler alert. Arthur eventually becomes the mayor of Elwood city. Well, good for him. So. Uh, this list did not have Elastigirl, by the way. Oh. So, null and void. Yeah, that's it is null and void. Cause uh, you know, Mr. Incredible married Elastigirl and got busy. <laughs> <laughs> got busy. The, this was a fun show. This was a fun show. Um, the this was a fun show, and I I do want to clarify that what I said Mulan makes sense and checks out on the list is because you're like you didn't really understand it because she looked like a man. And no, the, I understood it. You know, okay, like it's I don't know. It, it was, was a, it was witty. It was very witty. I got to give it to you. Yeah. So and maybe uh, maybe that explains the list and why like Molly from Arthur was on it. it like know. it doesn't where it's not the same. We thought it would be the same, but it's not. Apparently, yeah. it is different. We learned about ourselves. We are more understanding. You know, if this was a different show, we could delve into that very thought for a long time. Oh gosh, <laughs> that is not something I want to delve into. <laughs> but uh, Jeff, I do. Um, have I do have one more you. thing. I have one I more thing. This is you have I, one thing, and then I will do my thing. Okay, my big thing is that uh, I have finally started watching Seinfeld from season one, episode one, and, and? I just and it's great. It's I it's incredible. I don't know why I never like watched it. Like it was just like it's just like it get, has, like there's no character arcs, right? None. Like it's just like as you can pick up any random episode and it's fine. It's great. Like yeah, they. Uh, they do get better. Well, Jerry, every, uh, the other actors are great. Jerry gets better as an actor. So it sort of feels like character development, but it decidedly is not. He just gets better as an actor. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's the goat for a reason. Yeah. So that was um, my news for you. Here's what I have for you. Uh, I did another podcast. Okay. I was a guest on another Cheated show. on me, you ho. I did. Well, you were in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, I think it comes out tomorrow, actually. But I feel like I have to apologize because of something I said on that show. They asked me about the jazz. And oh, the jazz. I think I've watched know, like a game and a half this year. So I didn't really have very many educated takes about the jazz. But I made, we're going to call it a distasteful joke. Uh -oh. I, I said, I asked them, I said, does Rudy Gobert walk weird? And if you've ever seen him walk, like when he's walking up the court, he's kind of got a little bit of a bounce to him. Um, the host of this particular show, good friend Andrew McCullough, he said, yeah, he looks like one of those Tennessee walking horses. Like he just kind of bounces. And I said, yeah, so why is it that Rudy Gobert walks so weird? And this was unplanned. It just sort of came up like I didn't like I, I had no premonition to say this joke. It just came up in the in the moment. And I said, this is what I said, as close to verbatim as I can remember. I said, yeah, I don't get it because I've seen other tall people walk. I've seen the movie Space Jam. I saw Sean Bradley walk in that movie. I haven't seen him walk recently. Oh, Jeff. And I felt bad about it. I then moved on. I <laughs> I didn't really address it, oh. <laughs> but that joke came out 
and I feel like I have to publicly apologize to anybody who is listening. It was, it was borderline at best. I am like, but you so, laughed. Don't, don't. No. I can see you laughing. I am laughing at the fact that you made the joke, not at the joke itself. No, you are not. <laughs> you you, split you <laughs> thought it was funny, just the same way I did. Oh my gosh! Uh, I feel like we should, since uh, since we were unsuccessful in our attempts of getting Gary Croton on the show. Yeah, that uh, failed. I I think maybe we should shoot for uh, Sean Bradley. Nope, nope, camp too guilty now. Well, is I don't. I, I feel bad because I really, like, I really wasn't trying to be malicious, but it, the opportunity presented itself, and I, I took it. And it, a better man would have not. I should not have. And this show is going to be primarily Utah fans, so I think it will just kind of like come and go. But on the show, oh, no, dude, they're going to they're going to gloat on you. And there's going to be somebody who's like, I'm so sick and tired of BYU fans being holier than thou and thinking that they're so much better than us because <laughs> they root for a church school. Then they get on here and say stuff like this. This is that why might... I, people like Jeff is why I left the church. That's going to happen. <laughs> dude. That might be true. And it probably is true anyways. Uh, but I do feel bad. So here on a BYU friendly show, I, I, I feel I need to apologize. Okay, that's thank you for apologizing, uh, and we we welcome a culture of admitting and repentance here, as we thoroughly yeah. discussed there's, on our. There's uh, no shame in the repentance game. There's no shame in the repentance game, and Jeff, it is a. Uh, I feel like you know it's kind of saying give them hell after we're talking about repentance. It feels a little out of place, but eh, well, until next week, give them hell. Give them hell. <laughs>